Hello there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty well. I upgraded my SavvyCal subscription this week. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Tell, us, uh, tell us why. Stephen emailed me and said, how do you feel about giving me delegated access to your SavvyCal so I can set stuff up for you? And I was like, sure. And I went to the thing. It was like, oh, you have to be a premium something or other. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that Derek out of that other tier. And so I just went and did it. There didn't seem to be a way to just do it for me and not the whole team. So you just got everybody all at once. And we're on an annual plan. Sweet. Yep. 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 So big upgrade there. Big upgrade. I appreciate it. How did it feel when you hit that tripwire? Was it like hesitancy or was it like, nope, you got me. Like, I need this, so I'm going to do it or slight hesitancy to do the whole team because like we were on an annual plan already and so it was like oh it's like 400 bucks or something to upgrade this right now based on the proration and the fact that it's doing everybody and so i was like eh, do we need this but i wasn't gonna like fiddle around with it much longer or be like can i split this out somehow blah 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 it's like whatever it's fine I, i did do a quick check to make sure all the users that we had plausibly needed it like we're using it I didn't see anybody on there that shouldn't have been. So I was like, okay, that's, that's probably fine. Whatever. Yeah. The the whole team having to be on the same tier thing happened naturally because of the ways like Stripe subscription models kind of work. You know, like I think it's difficult to like kind of subdivide those onto different plans. And so it was just sort of like the path of least resistance to get that to get that feature shipped. And then it's sort of like, I don't know, it's kind of kind of feels right. Like if you're a premium team, you just you just go premium. But when I was building it, I, I kind of had it in my mind that like some people may want to split this up or say only one person's on premium, but, um, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we do the same thing. You, you, if you go to the enterprise plan, it's just like, yeah, it's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's fine. Same, same reasons, you know, simplicity and, and all that. Yep. No, but it's always fun to hear kind of the, the user story behind, behind that kind of thing. That's nice. We, we, we see these kind of upgrades happening pretty frequently, like team expansions and, and plan changes. And it's a, it's one of my favorite aspects of our SaaS engine right now is that, is that little creep in, uh, the little reactivations and upgrades area in the profit well charts is <laughs> a fun one. Yeah. How much of like your monthly MRR change is that is expansion? Um, well, let's see, I have the dashboard up right now. It's currently a month or so. Yeah. For this month, uh, we're on track for it to be about a third of our revenue growth. Nice. Yep. Yep. And it roughly keeps up with, with churn. I mean, churn kind of, you know, bumps up and down here and there. Sometimes it crosses over. They stay in the same neighborhood as each other. So nice. That's cool. Yeah. I will never build a SaaS business again that doesn't have good opportunities for expansion. It's a total game changer. So our expansion is like about 50% more than our churn and contraction each month. At least in the last, last month it has been. It like more than makes up for the churn that's there. And then the new customers are basically just gravy. Which is, man, it's such a nice place to be. And, and the expansion like churn seems to be like a percentage of revenue. So it's like the more teams we get, the more opportunities for churn we have, which most, if you have no expansion opportunities, you run into that plateau. If you have expansion, that's also a percentage of revenue, then you can keep going. Yeah. 
that's fine. One of the, one of the many things I love about SAS is how some of these things turn out to be like so consistent <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not always intuitive that it's going to be like, why, you know, why should that be consistent? But it kind of ends up being a, a trend enough that you can model off of it, you know? Yeah. Is, um, Although December was slow for us. I don't know how it was for you. Yeah, it was, it was kind of rough. Um, December sucked. Yeah. January is, I mean, I can see where people came back from the new year. It's just like, it goes from this like flat, mostly flat, slight downsloping line to just like, oh, we're back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for us, it kind of came surging back. I mean, I felt like the first week was sort of a warm up week and then all the metrics, trials and traffic and everything has just been back up to at least where it was in November, I think. So, so that's so nice. Good. Yeah. We had uh, two customers sign up just today, like this morning, one at like 300 a month, another at 375 a month. And it's just like, damn. And like, it's awesome. Like they started a few weeks ago, started the trial, hit the end of it, added a credit card. Now they're paying customers. It's just like oh, the, the self-serve engine is turning. It's beautiful. Love to see it. I did some customer support yesterday. And like someone was like tweeting at me that he was having issues. And I'm like, that sounds weird. And so I just DM'd him like, you want to jump on a call right now? And we did and actually figured out the issue and it was just like and then like talked about tuple for a while asked him what he wanted and he was mostly just like really positive he's like no it's great this is my only thing and like now it's it's fixed this is awesome i'm happy we we love tuple we use it a lot i I get everybody on it it was it was great i'm doing a little bit of a few things like that where i normally would have aggressively said like no or or kind of tried to try to steer things into a different channel i've done like a few kind of no this feels like right for me to to spend some time in this area and i think that's kind of the right place to be to, to leave a little flex for that for sure i think it's good steven threw out the idea the other day of having like doing some support rotations like have people take a turn doing one day and I, I like that a lot i'm also doing a twitter space later today yeah with adam yeah cool yeah we're just gonna hang, just gonna hang out and chat business yeah. Yeah, we like started a thread to solicit some questions, and I have some topic ideas as well. But yeah, I figured we just chat. It's been a little while. Try a little hashtag marketing. Yeah, I've been enjoying that format when when it's people that I kind of know or like, you know, interesting people that I know are already interesting. <laughs> I just have enjoyed jumping into a Twitter space and just hearing hearing that. It's a, it's an interesting format for sure. Yeah, a bunch of people were like, "Oh, please record this." No, no, it's supposed to be live. Isn't Intentionally that not a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And then so it's like, okay, well, if we record it, isn't it just a podcast? Mm-hmm. And is that bad? I, I don't know. Yeah. And will it influence your guys' posture as the conversation goes? Like, okay, we're doing a recorded thing as opposed to uh, this is just a live, a live event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't decided. I am still doing the hiring thing in earnest. Deep in it. I actually just hired a consultant, like a a marketing person on retainer, partly with the goal of just helping us with the hiring of a marketing person. So this is someone that we talked to and really liked and like got a lot of value out of the conversation and was like, let's stay in touch. And he's like, yeah, if you want, we can do a sort of formal thing. And I was like, actually, I do want to do that. Um, It's like someone to help us vet candidates and point us in the right places for looking for people and and that kind of thing. Got it. And this person is not available to do the actual work himself right yeah, yeah. he's he's <laughs> yeah. happy where he is currently yeah okay um but this lets us kind of access his expertise which mm-hmm. is really nice if you think about it it is kind of hard to hire for a position where like that is not your primary expertise you know but it's interesting as founders we have to do that all the time you know as you're growing a team but 
Yeah. I think that that's kind of one of my core challenges right now is doing that well. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of get help. I think that's more or less the cheat code. Mm-hmm. Money well spent. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes. Cool. Feels good. It feels good to be taking action there. It's just we got to just keep cranking away at it um, and having faith that eventually it will all work out and be worth it. It's nice to have like small milestones along the way. Like, okay, at least we we did this thing. We're trying this new experiment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. How's Savvy Land? Savvy Land is is good. Yeah. I talked about the Peter Levels thing last week, right? Or the last last time we recorded? Did I talk uh, about that? I was just listening to that episode in preparation for this, and I didn't quite make it all the way through. Okay. <laughs> so I can't tell you for sure, but it doesn't sound familiar, but maybe it'll ring a bell as you start talking. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just dive into it and then stop me if I've already told the story. <laughs> yeah, this was just kind of one of those serendipitous Twitter things. So Peter Levels of, you know, Nomad List fame was tweeting about, like, Calendly and how it was... His, his experience was not good. He was trying to do a thing, trying to install some webhooks and like that was removed from the UI or something. And like that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And so he was like tweeting about the fact that he had landed on a different solution. This was a couple couple months back. One of my competitors. And as people do, like people just were chiming in like, hey, did you check out Savvy Cal? And at the time, like it didn't didn't really get any response or anything. Like I think he had kind of been set on on the alternative that he went with. And then just randomly, like a couple weeks ago, he was like, I finally solved the scheduling issues with Rebase, which is the new kind of initiative he's doing, the, the like residency in Portugal thing, which seems pretty interesting. So he's like doing this kind of like um, stitching together tools in a no code-ish kind of way, I think using like a lot of Zapier stuff and like one step in the process is book a call with a lawyer to like talk through whatever needs to be done for for the immigration stuff so he just tweeted like i've i finally solved this and then like he mentioned savvy cal in there and i was like oh this was not expected and then he like privately messaged me and was like hey really nice job on the product i'm loving it like i ran into all these issues with a couple of these other providers and like savvy cal just worked for me so that was that was super fun and then he was like by the way like I had this one small issue that I ran into, like, or I need to figure out like a way to work around this thing. And it was related to a feature that I was planning on shipping, like building soon anyways. It was like truly on the roadmap already. But I was just like, let me see what I can do about that. And within a couple hours, like just got it shipped because it was one of those small enough ones anyways. And of course he was like super happy and thankful and like, I love those opportunities to still be scrappy and like move really quickly. And truly like, it's not like I'm giving full preferential treatment to someone. It's like, no, this was already on the roadmap, but this is just the right, like kick in the pants to get it done. And, and, you know, it'll benefit all customers and also like make this influential customer really, really happy. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's something I intentionally want to keep built into, you know, the way that I structure work at Savvy Cal. Like, I would love to keep this going for the whole duration of the product, ideally, if we can be kind of like, have enough flex room to be a little bit reactive at times where it makes sense to do that, you know, and um, seize on the opportunity when it's there. Yeah. Leaving some slack in the system mm-hmm. explicitly for that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
yeah. So that was that was pretty fun. And he was like, "Yep, yeah, I I will be definitely talking about Savvy Cal more in the future." I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome! I really appreciate it." I mean, that's you know, creating true fans um, is is good for business. Yeah. Do you have like a north star on Savvy Cal? Is it like appointments booked or something like that? Ooh, that's a good question. Not deliberately, like mostly just tracking kind of SaaS metrics, but that is that is something interesting to think about. Do you guys have one? Is it calls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time spent? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I look at those numbers, but I wouldn't say like we steer the ship by them exactly or like set set goals on them. So, so, so it's not really. Yeah. We probably should. Yeah. Especially something like that would make sense if we were to like experiment with freemium for example like you know if it's if we're doing something that it's kind of a big potentially kind of costly um, marketing endeavor like that where like what we're trying to get out of it is exposure to savvy Cal meetings or something like that then it seems like that would be that could be an interesting metric for that mm-hmm. yeah speaking of that carless trials have been going well for us oh really oh nice mm-hmm. how long have you been doing it um since uh, early december you don't need a credit card to try do a tuple trial currently. Um, and it's been good. It looks like it looks like more or less a wash with like the re- the increase in trials versus the reduction in conversion rate. Like we're growing at a pretty similar clip to before, but I think it's still better. More people are touching the product, are seeing the product. And I th- figure if it's the same growth but more exposure over time that is an improvement yeah just pushing that decision further into the funnel so that people get an opportunity to people who would have stopped at that credit card step are trying it out exposing it to other people experiencing the magic yep yeah and we have these big we have these kind of weird outcomes sometimes where a small team will try it and it turns into a huge enterprise deal six months later like I, I think there are going to be inter- like knock-on effects that are hard to detect now, that might manifest themselves as like you know a much better enterprise pipeline later. The incremental value of one new person trying tuple can sometimes just be huge. And also, this is definitely like it's like a V one of the like the, the flow, like the actual like enter the credit card step and and some ideas I have for that are all it's all kind of rudimentary right now, um, which is actually something something I've been talking to Stripe about. Where it was like doing a subscription without a credit card is feels weirdly unsupported. Yeah, this is my top request that I have shared with numerous folks at Stripe <laughs> is to allow it, allow a checkout session to initiate a trial without a credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep, that's what we are asking for as well. And then also like the actual page of like, okay, now I want to enter a credit card, like a hosted version of those. That's that's good and like directed and not other stuff on the page and has clear call to action and all that fortunately i have i have an in mm-hmm. uh, so i was just like hey penelope mm-hmm. and then like suddenly like two stripe pms were emailing me and asking if we can set up a call to chat uh, which is great uh, so I, I think this will probably get improved later but the, the point of all that is that the the flow is not very good so i, I wouldn't be shocked if we like get you know we, we could bump conversion by double digits just by a better, like a couple better tweaks in the UX. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What does your your kind of follow up process look like right now? So someone starts the trial, and I'm assuming you have some automated like trial onboarding emails that go out, right? Yeah. There's, there's like two. 
Okay. And then are you kind of nudging? Do you, did you set up additional like nudges to activate ahead of the trial canceling? E- barely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like a banner on the page, like in the, in the app and on the web app, which you would probably never go to. Um, there's a banner in the app when the subscription lapses, which is like, go click here to go do the thing. It's not great. And, and there's, there's basically a, three days before the trial ends. There's a, hey, it's going to end and you have to do it. Otherwise, you lose access. But we could certainly be much more obnoxious about all those things and probably squeeze out a lot more conversion. Mm-hmm. That's something that I wish an app existed for. <laughs> like, <laughs> and maybe there does exist something and I just need to look closer. But like, you know, using user list for just general emails and we'll probably set it up through that. But like I'm thinking about the ProfitWell retention emails like we just delegate that to them so when cards fail or whatever they have a very um, specific sequence of emails that they send with copy that they've written and optimized and it just kind of does it you know (laughs) and performs pretty well and i want i want something turnkey similar to that where we can just say like keep track of where where my customers are in their trials and make sure that they uh you know know to to activate (laughs) i don't know Hmm. Would you actually use that? I feel like you wouldn't. You wouldn't find anything you like there. I mean, it would have to be well done. <laughs> so maybe I'm maybe I'm too picky. But is it just emails then? Is that what you're thinking? Well, I'm thinking about just analogously the re- the retain thing that ProfitWell has, and there is like a widget that they put. So we have like a snippet that we put in the app, and they will display a widget that takes you to a place to update your credit card. That they just handle all that. But I'm just trying to think, yeah, like, do I think of that in a different category? I mean, that definitely feels like, all right, this customer is about to, we're about to lose them. So implement best practices to save them. And that's something that I'm happy to delegate. Maybe I'll feel, maybe I would feel differently about this kind of key point in like making sure everything is really tightly designed and looks, looks and sounds like our tone and all that. Maybe I would care more about that on this initial like trial conversion phase, but I don't know. It does feel like one of those pieces of a SaaS app that everyone has to build themselves and could benefit from one company just caring a ton about that and doing it right, doing it well. Some of these things I find like, like where do you plug it in and where, like, like how and what does it look like and will it actually work? It's... If it was truly beautiful, like I find the Help Scout beacon looks really good, clean. <laughs> so if it was like something beacon-esque where like, Okay, anytime they log into the app, when they're nearing the end of the trial, it just like pops up with the credit card form right there saying like, hey, do you want to activate? Like you need, you have this much time left. And I don't know. I could just picture it kind of being like all these little touch points and it just is handled for you. And I don't have to build any of that by hand because I would basically be building it by hand right now or not and being operating at a suboptimal level. So I don't know. Free startup idea, maybe. Sure. Something to that. What else is new? Uh, Let's see. So we launched our Stripe integration on Product Hunt. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, I I think it went pretty well. I mean, it's it's a feature launch, so it's definitely not going to get the same amount of like activity as a brand new product launch, of course. Yeah, I think it was it was like number five of the day, two hundred something upvotes, drove a nice bump in traffic. Expose the feature to people who didn't know it existed, and 
you know, we're seeing people mention product hunt, like a renewed, a renewed wave of people mentioning product hunt in their kind of trial signups. So definitely, I think worth it, worth the time investment to do it. I think, um, probably, probably we'll try to find, you know, like, I don't know, on average, like quarterly opportunities to ship something on product hunt and keep it, keep it in front of that audience. There's something I really don't like about that. Really? Yeah, I don't know quite what it is. Hmm. Maybe I'm just cranky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not like your your thing in particular, but just this idea that like you're launching a product on a bunch of times. It's I don't know. I mean, I guess it's reasonable. There's people there and they're interested in trying new stuff, so why not tell them that you have a thing? Like I think it's totally reasonable. But there's something I guess it's starting to feel like um not performative, but like uh, perfunctory, I guess. Or it's like everyone's starting to feel like they should do it. Like, oh, you gotta you gotta do your product hunt launch, and here's the here's the ten tips for your product hunt thing, and how to how to get good upvotes. And I don't know. I get what you're saying. Like, I think it's probably I don't know a bit overcrowded, and there's a lot of yeah, like it's getting to the place where it's getting kind of. Like, the, well, we're far away from Product Hunt's original intent, I think, because it started like 10 years ago or something. And it was like truly for, you know, it has become evolved into a different thing than it originally started out to be. Yeah, it's kind of like an ad channel now, right? It's, it used to be like a place for people to go find products. And now it's a place where companies go to tell you about their products. So it's kind of like, I, I guess that's what feels weird about it to me. But I'm not a user. Maybe if I, maybe maybe the people there are happy with this and they they, they think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not particularly a user myself either. Like, I don't I've never um, been a browser of Product Hunt because I like to go out and search it's full for of products. ads. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like to go out and look for products. Like, I'm not a I'm not really in that early adopter mindset where I'm constantly on the hunt for people to show me something cool. You know, I'm I'm. I will go out and look for it or ask around on Twitter or something. That's how I generally, you know, if I'm like in the market for something, then I'll like ask around or look for recommendations. But a lot of people are in discovery mode, I think. And I think that's what product hunt is kind of functioning as is like this place for people who are kind of early adopters or just want to be in the know on new stuff. I can I can understand your saltiness about it a little bit, but <laughs> but um, I mean I think in part like because our product hunt launch was our initial one was so effective. To me, I see that as a signal that you know Savvy Cal in particular, and maybe not this probably doesn't apply to a lot of other products. I mean, you know, other people have been doing launches and they haven't been haven't shown the same results as the Savvy Cal launch did. So I think we're a little bit of a of an anomaly in that sense. And to me, I'm like, well, okay, if this audience particularly latched on, like it would seem to be a really good fit for the type of people that are browsing Product Hunt based off of our initial launch, then, you know, why not surface um, kind of meaningful, large releases to the same audience? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sort of like faulting you in particular, just more like what Product Hunt seems to have become overall. I suppose. And and if we had had a marketing and they're like, we're going to do a product hunt launch for this new feature, I'd be like, yeah, sure. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a webinar, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, if you, if you do the webinars, like you, you'll probably get more customers than if you don't do webinars. Mm-hmm. That's right. But like, but do we want to do webinars? Are webinars good? 
I mean, I think they're, I think they're quite effective at when doing like sales and stuff. Honestly, I, I want to do an old school webinar. I want to try it just to have the experience. Yeah. I'm going to call it a webinar and everything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. A web based NAR. <laughs> <laughs> a seminar on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. World Wide Web. I was thinking, I was talking to some a marketing person this today, and we were talking about webinars, and he is head of marketing for a dev focused company. He's like, We're doing a webinar today. Well, we would never call it a webinar, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. But that's what it is. Everyone knows. And that. I was like, Right, yes. Yeah. And so I was like, Okay, so if I don't think of it as a webinar, like, could you imagine a live event that your users go to where you present cool stuff and they get value? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I think once again, I am in my like cranky developer tower. Uh, poo-pooing uh, extremely legitimate marketing tactics. So I think that might be a blind spot you're going to have to work on shedding a little no, bit. No, no, no. <laughs> it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah, why, do you, why do you hate money, Ben? <laughs> uh, I love money, Derek. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't want to sell it entirely, I guess. But, you know, I think maybe I'll hire someone to sell out and then I don't have to do it. It'd be great. Yeah, there you go. We'll do all that lame big company stuff that I find distasteful. Keep it, keep a clean money. conscience. Yep, one step. We'll hire removed. a head, a head of webinars eventually. <laughs> yeah. yep. Run four of them a week. Mm-hmm. Didn't lead pages make a ton of money from webinars? That was like their bread and butter, right? Just like do a thing, like drive everybody to your thing, do a live whatever, offer them a discount on a big annual plan, make a few grand per hit or something. Yep. Oh yeah. It's an extremely potent playbook, or at least it was back in, you know, 2012 or whatever when they did it. But I think there's, there's still a, uh, a compelling channel, like companies are doing them all the time. So yeah. Well, I wanted to say on the, on the Stripe integration front too, I want to give a shout out to Kia Kamgar. I'm not sure if he's a listener, but I know he follows me on Twitter, so he might be a listener of the podcast, but He's like the the customer that has been extremely helpful in just helping refine the feature to the point where I feel you know even better about it. And we were doing some some kind of last minute polishing, and he's so he's like based in the Netherlands, and so he has a a view into like the Stripe checkout window that is difficult for me to simulate. I think because they like they like geo target and like based on where you are, certain payment methods will be visible to you, but not if you're in other locales and like. It's just, it can be tricky to like see all the permutations of that stuff. But he was like, yeah, I'm trying to, he was like trying to activate ideal, which is like a bank transfer thing. That's really popular in the Netherlands. And it's one of the payment methods supported by Stripe. But he's like, I'm trying to activate this on my, on my checkout flow initiated by SavvyCal and it's not showing up. And then that started us off on this whole like support thread with, with Stripe. And then I chatted with Penelope a bit. (laughs) Turns out there was a, there was like a, some beta that needed to be turned on for our integration that would allow the the connected account holder to say like these certain payment methods I'm allowing to show on SavvyCal initiated checkout sessions. So it's like something that I assumed would just happen automatically, but apparently there was some kind of extra step and due to this kind of customer customer pain and like playing around with it, like we were able to get that solves and and also some stuff around tax collection too so um so yeah stripe has been been helpful and got some customer help and now it kind of feels like we have probably the most powerful like stripe integration of all the tools because we're using checkout and getting to like 
take advantage of all of the hard work that they put into, uh, you know, schlepping through tax stuff and payment methods and all that jazz. That's awesome. Yeah. Building a thing with like more or less live user feedback is, is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yep. More of that, please. Yeah. Yep. More of that. And one more update. We have a blog where we publish articles primarily for SEO channel, <laughs> accessing that. And um, for the longest time... More my... stuff I find to say as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, another, th- another thing you would rant about. <laughs> <laughs> the publishing flow we had before was me copying the contents out of the Google Doc or wherever the, the author wrote it and pasting it into a text file in Markdown and dealing with all the conversion of that. And it became super painful, like articles with a bunch of images and different formatting. Like, like I would run the Google Doc through a like Google Doc to Markdown converter, but it was never quite right. And so it was taking me a bunch of time and I couldn't really delegate this easily to anyone on the team right now because Markdown is just like just technical enough and like especially dealing with like the image stuff like I was to put them in a special folder and then like use some liquid to like run it through the asset pipeline it was like very technical so this had to change and I finally pulled the trigger on moving to Ghost so I'm using Ghost to for all the content they have a really nice editor uh, it feels very much like medium I think and then I just hooked it in to our existing static site. And they, the thing that really like pushed me over the edge to them is they had like a perfect guide with like, here's how to set it up with this specific static site generator that I'm using to pull data from ghost hosted. So like I didn't have to spin up a server to host it or anything, I'm just paying them money. <laughs> and then, and so they had like the perfect, perfectly well-crafted docs with the sample project and a nice library. So it's like, Really, the core of it is like 10 lines of code to like pull the articles in during the build process. And so kudos to Ghost for, you know, kind of having, I think, the best the best docs on this. Because I really, what I was worried about doing is spending a bunch of time on this like complex build pipeline, which I didn't want to do. But also like there's a lot of complexity if you want to host your blog somewhere else, but but put it under a subdomain. You have to use a reverse proxy and it's that can be fraught also, but we didn't want to do that for SEO reasons. Yeah, so I'm pretty pretty happy with where we landed on that. And now I'm now me, the founder, is not like the the bottleneck in the publishing pipeline. So that feels that feels good. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that post that went out today. Do you have like data on how that marketing approach is performing? Um so the tweeting about stuff or just no, sorry, in like general writing those articles or having those articles written yeah yeah so we we have basically a whole database of seo keywords that we're trying to rank for and we're tracking that actively in in uh, hrefs and it is performing quite well actually so the kind of the goal is to just drive overall traffic to the website so it is it is sort of you know it's top of funnel so it's it's getting people onto the site and aware of Savvy Cal. They're not necessarily converting right away, you know, but but it is driving traffic and our visitor to conversion rate is holding pretty constant. So more traffic, more trials, more everything. In general, that trend is still working. So nice. So sorry, your your trials are going up most months then? You're getting more than last month? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep. Hmm. That sounds legit. Yeah. SEO still still works, even though people declare it dead every couple of years. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, it sounds nice having someone running that process for you. Oh, it's been very nice. Corey, Corey's doing yeah, great work on that front. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, all right, fine. We'll do some marketing. <laughs> Maybe you should do some marketing to prove you don't hate money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our <laughs> trials are up too. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know. No, I mean, you guys have something very, it's still a very potent uh, machine running, but, you know. Yeah. No, it could, there's there's a lot of, there's always more yes. to do. There's a lot of things that could be improved. Yeah. But we're having our, I think our best trial month ever, actually. The trailing 30 days is more than I think ever before. We have 342 trials. Nice. 30 days. Yeah. Very Seems nice. okay. Seems good. Yeah. Does seem good. But what if it were 600? Mm-hmm. Yep. Could be. What if we add a zero to everything on the dashboard? <laughs> what if you added two zeros? Oh, my God. Paradigm shift. <laughs> okay. Wrap it? Yep. Let's wrap it. Notes of the show. Notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>